Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and Hover. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and my voice sounds totally normal. I'm the video producer <laughs> at Polygon.com. I'm joined today by Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and Christina Warren, senior cloud developer advocate and architect of Microsoft Build, apparently. Um, welcome to my show. Can, can I tell listeners, before we started the show, Christina went into a 15-minute epic monologue explaining all your work there, and I just <laughs> want to salute to you and say you are a planning god made flesh so i appreciate that what i want people to know is if they're going to build there's a good chance that they're enjoying some of your handiwork yeah no and if you're going to build as i've said before rocket rules apply you don't even have to be wearing a rocket shirt just tell me you're a rocket listener and i will find a way to get you a drink um (laughs) you know alcoholic or not you you, she'll be on stage and she'll launch a beer into the audience um, I wish. Um, so, but no, but actually what we are going to have a, a, a channel nine, a live booth, um, in, ooh, ooh. Uh, the convention center. So it's on the fourth floor, which is where the keynote is, um, in the Washington state convention center, it's on the sky bridge. And we're going to have a really big booth kind of desk set up where we will be broadcasting, um, live and doing recorded sessions all day long. So seriously, like stop by and say hello. Um, if, uh, cause it's right in the middle of the expo where everything's happening. So stop by and say hello, um, anytime during the three days, but also, you know, I'll be at parties and events and all kinds of stuff. So if you just see me around or, or, you know, send me a tweet, whatever. We'd love to see you. And uh, Bree is actually going to be there too. So. I am. We're going to be destroying Microsoft Build together. It's we are. Epic. We are. We're calling it destroy. It's yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And I just ruined my mic. I laughed so hard right oh. into it. Oh no. Yeah, we called it, we were calling it destroy and it's going to be a really, really good time. And uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, say hello to, to Brie as well if you see her. Um, we're even going to be recording some some interviews and some content um, from Build because amazingly, and like I kind of can't believe this, um, there's a whole podcasting like studio setups uh, for for podcasters that's going to be there, and they've been gracious enough to let Rocket have some time to record some things and to talk with some um, some of our execs and and um, software engineers and stuff. So oh, there'll be some really be good amazing. stuff. Next it's going to be amazing. It's like investigative journalism. It's just for the rest of the show. Like, I shouldn't laugh that hard again. <laughs> oh. it, it really, it's not good for me. Like, I'm healing. I'm in recovery for my oh, cough. Sorry. So, like, don't be so funny. <laughs> just for, just give me an hour of Come just on. the like, most solemn. You know, like we do on, on Rock every week. Like, yeah. be serious. Yeah. We're, this is NPR from here on out. <laughs> uh, so... So a couple of notes here. Uh, so before we get to our really big news, um, well, I, I guess I'm, there's no way to do this but to roll it into one. So I am holding a really big campaign party out at Microsoft Build. I have a friend of mine who is very generously uh, lending her her house, us her house, which is right next to Microsoft Build. It's very, very close by. And even though I've never been to Linda's house, I get the feeling it's a very nice house because she's like... Ah, oh, gosh, you know, I bet we're going to need to hire a valet to park people's cars for them. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, uh, that's something to know. So uh, if you go to, we've set up a link. Uh, if you go to rocketliveshow.com, you can, uh, within reason, reserve tickets and come to that event. Christina is going to be there. I'm going to be there. A whole bunch of awesome people are going to be there. It's just going to be a great time. But the really big news that we want to announce on the show today is Rocket is going to be doing a live show at WWDC. Yeah! We wanna, yeah! Yeah! Yay! We, we want to have an epic level party at WWDC. We want to party with you. And, <gasps> like, come on. Like, we want to have one of the coolest parties there. We so want we're going to make that happen. You want to party. You're even going to fly Simone out there. So you can, like, partying with me is boring, but partying with Simone, you're going to go to jail probably. I've never made a live appearance at a rocket event. And guess what? I've got three years of embarrassing (laughs) event behavior stored up. It's just all going to come out. It's not only my house. I'm ready to let it all go. 
So we are working out schedule right now. If you go to rocketliveshow.com, you'll go to an Eventbrite and you'll see tickets for each of these. Um, So go there, reserve your spot. It helps us make plans. But, uh, you know, come like support the show in person. Like Christina and I, we want to shake your hand at Build. We want to party with you at WWDC. We want to get drunk together. We're going to have a good time. So I'm so freaking excited for this. You have no idea. Let me free. I'm going to be very (laughs) normal and good, and I'm going to have a good time with everyone. Well, Um, what about the normal? Shut up, live so long, let me live. I'll have my beautiful, normal voice back. I won't be (laughs) sounding like this anymore. Can I tell you something? Something I find very distressing is your Daria DeFore Twitter account. Like, I follow both of you. How funny and smart she is. I know. Well, it's like, I don't know which one's the good one and which one's the evil one. I really don't watching it. I'm having, I just have trouble distinguishing which person is which. She's got to be the good one. I think she is. Yeah. Okay. Which doesn't make sense because of all those nasty things she does. But, you know, well, okay, speaking of doing nasty things, Facebook had their developer the conference <laughs> keynote today, uh, F8, uh, the, the, the F8 had the keynote today, and there were a lot of very fun and exciting announcements, and I'm not being facetious. I actually think these are interesting to me. Um, obviously, they are in a period of having made mistakes and having been judged harshly for those, not harshly, fairly for those mistakes. Um, but Facebook, uh, wanting us to trust them and focus on the tech side of their company has announced some interesting things. Um, and one of those that I I think I'm perhaps most able to speak to is Facebook dating along with a messenger refresh, some updates, Instagram stories and Oculus go. So we're going to be talking about all of those things. What do we want to dive into first? I know you guys had Oculus feelings, so let's let's hit the hard one first. I I think this is a win. I, I, I do feel too. really good about this. Well, I mean, start with you, Christine. What do you think? Yeah, so it's interesting because we've talked a lot about VR over the last three years of this podcast, and and I think that it still remains to be seen when if you know the the mainstream um, uh, adoption of VR is going to happen. And, and I we've you know talked about this and I think you you've been the biggest proponent of this Brie and I've come around on this a lot too is that probably uh AR and and kind of hybrid stuff will probably you know has um a lot more appeal I think than than maybe a solid VR solution but you know the biggest problem that we and we've talked about this that that you have with PlayStation VR and the um Oculus and, and the Vive is that you have to have a you know the PlayStation you have to have an expensive PlayStation you have to have a really expensive computer to use the Vive or uh the Oculus and it has to be tethered and the the Samsung VR um, and and Google's um, a Daydream Daydream just sucks. Um, and Samsung yep. VR requires a, a certain model Samsung phone. So this is interesting, especially for its price point, in that it is a complete solution. You don't need a phone. You don't need a computer. You don't need a game console. This is literally just something that you can buy and use. And we can discuss um, the you know how good quality things are. But this is at least finally a mass market product. And that's what's really exciting to me about it. Any of the negative things aside, we finally have a mass market VR solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if Oculus or VR finds its way into the mainstream, uh, this is going to be it. So, you know, um, I think it's worth saying I haven't personally tried this yet, so I cannot personally vouch for it. But I have seen a lot of uh, reviews. I saw Verge's coverage of it, which was excellent. And Gadget had a really interesting video review of it. And here are a couple of points that I saw that I think makes this a likely success. Um, one of the problems with uh, Samsung uh, VR with Oculus is, you know, if you're using it, it drains your phone in about an hour. So you can't really watch video on it. And if you do, you're going to be like without a phone out in public. Uh, so it's not really a pragmatic solution. With this, the batteries are like it charges on its own. And it's not relying on a phone or whatever. So I think that's a really big step forward. The price point is right. And what the reviews I've seen so far have said is that um, this is actually a tenable way to watch television. Yeah. Um, And every one of the ones to date, um, even like the really expensive Oculus Rift, 
I feel sick playing it for longer than 15 minutes, much less watch a whole movie. So I'm really hoping uh, that their new display technology inside of it uh, is as good as what the reviews are saying. Because I think that could be like, imagine being on a flight and just completely tuning everything out. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, especially since like it works with Netflix, it works with, um, I I think, YouTube. um, and, and, and some other apps. And I know that they're trying to get more support. And so, yeah, if you could have like offline Netflix support, assuming there was enough storage on it or whatever, like that would be really compelling. And what the price point is $200. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Which is, yeah. which yeah. is really, really impressive. I mean, okay. I haven't played with them yet, but I dumbly ordered the latest version of Spectacles last week. Oh, I because saw I'm that idiot. you do that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like I'm watching have a train it crash. Is. Oh, I'm going to have those at build, you guys. And I'm going to use them to up- upload things um, to Instagram stories. You're going to be a content creator. I am going to be a content creator. And yeah, no, but I, uh, you know, that was $150, I think, or $160. This is barely more than that. And it can do a lot more things. I mean, even if you're mm-hmm. just playing basic games and or watching Netflix, like, yeah, it's kind of cool. Oh, we forgot yeah. the most important thing. It comes with the power. Uh, well, you can get a Oculus uh, Touch controller. It's like an evolution on it. And oh, again, cool. I, haven't, I haven't personally tried it yet, but Oculus Touch is the best controller in the VR world by a large margin. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. you know, that again, it speaks really. This is the consumer device that we all hoped Facebook would put out when they bought Oculus. I, my, I love the use case that you suggested of using it on an airplane that had not even occurred to me. I was just picturing myself in my living room, like a dork watching (laughs) TV with my headset. I guess I, I worry and I know Oculus is also does their own thing, but I don't necessarily trust Facebook to commit to things at this point, because I've seen them do watch, I've seen them fail at Facebook video, I've seen them throw spaghetti at the wall in like a big dramatic way where you think they're committing this, it's happening. And then they're like, well, that didn't work. Let's pivot because they have so much, so many resources to play around with. Um, I would hope and I would think that if VR is going to click with the mainstream or the, the quotidian, like this would be what would do it because it's so available and because the use case makes sense, uh, as you've just said. But I, 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 I feel hesitant to, I guess, believe in the long term of it because of that company. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. And I think it's worth saying, you know, PlayStation VR has arguably been a success to to the to date, but. Most of their content on that is just, you know, retooling existing games. Like even Super Hot, which is a great game, is just a, you know, it's a mod on existing yeah. content. The big problem is there's still no way to make money from making VR content. Yeah, so, right. Um, you know, like I wish them the best with this, but they're Yeah, it is. and that's the thing. Like they can put cool stuff on it to launch with and we could be like, oh my God, they have so much cool stuff on it. But like what happens after the what happens six months from now what happens a year from now no that's going to be the challenge i mean i do think that there is a big difference though when your total cost of ownership here is two hundred dollars versus yes you know uh, upwards of a thousand dollars for any of the alternatives and and yeah. that includes the the daydream which requires a pixel or the um uh, you know the, the the gear vr which requires um you know a, an expensive samsung device so i don't know if that will bring developers around or, or make people buy things but i think if they're going to need a killer experience and, and, and as job simulator, you know, which now uh, Google bought that company alchemy labs last year. Oh, interesting. As as, oh. And as good as that was, and, and yeah. they also made the brick and Morty VR game, which was like my favorite VR thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, it. Like it's genuinely the best VR game like ever. Um, I don't know if those are, I mean, to me, those were kind of killer apps, but again, the, the, the price involved doesn't kind of make that work, but I mean, weirdly, VR chat is the killer app of VR, and I've never even used it. Yeah, but you almost wonder if this is getting at a right price point, and if you could get developers to be able to do interesting things, if they did this right. And I'm not, I'm not convinced Facebook's the right company for this, but I, but I do feel like this is at least the right uh, position product. You could create, um, you know, a Nintendo Switch type of ecosystem or or interest, and in mm-hmm. that people, even though it's not the 
hardware is not the most powerful, you could build really fun experiences and really fun games around it and that people would pay money for those things. But getting to that point and, and it, whether or not Facebook is the right company to steward that, I, I'm not convinced of that, but I, I do feel like, I don't know, I feel like there's potential here at the very least. Yeah, definitely. Shall we talk about, uh, I mean, Facebook dating is obviously, oh, well, let's put a pin oh, in that. God. Let's talk about it right now. Okay. So Facebook uh, is talking about introducing or is introducing a sort of segment of the Facebook app that it, it's separate from, it's separate from core Facebook. It's separate from messenger that is dating where it shows you people that you're not friends with. Um, and it focuses on using like events uh, and groups, groups that you're in and events that you're interested in attending and using those to allow you to meet and converse with people on a first name only basis, um, which is both I, I will I will say like I hold these two realities in my hand is such a good idea because they should have oh, done yeah. it years ago. And I hate it also because yeah. I'm scared of meeting people on Facebook because everyone on Facebook is bad. Yeah, no, I mean, in some ways, it was interesting. I was talking with with someone on Twitter about this because I kind of made a um, kind of a, a, a blithe comment. And I stand by this. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, because you can choose who sees and who doesn't see your stuff. I think, like they can't be two degrees of, you know, separation of, of your friends or whatever. Like, so your friends of friends or, or your friends won't be it won't, your stuff won't be shown to them um, if you don't want them to. And, and uh so uh, a friend of mine, she tweeted, she was like, oh, so it's, you know, including your spouse. And I was like you know, it's the new Ashley Madison. And then I even tweeted that that was like my hot take, like that the Facebook game is the new Ashley Madison. And then I was kind of a DM conversation with someone who pointed out to me that, um, uh, this person and their partner are in a poly relationship, but they don't want their family to know. And Hmm. this could be an interesting kind of, you know, way of meeting people around that. So, Hmm. you know, they wouldn't have to be out, you know, and deal with like the family drama on it, but could maybe meet people in other ways. So I could see, like like you said, I I like the um the way they're doing this. I like the this the separation not being tied to your full name, not giving somebody your phone number, not letting somebody message you on Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever. Uh, but there's a certain like complete tone deafness yeah. with them deciding to At launch this, this moment. Ad. Yeah, like I this is what I tweeted and the tweet uh, was pretty popular. I said, wait, 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 I'm catching up. You mean that after all the data scandals, Facebook just launched a dating app? Are you serious? Who thought going ahead with this right now was a good idea? Yep. And and that's kind of where I stand on that. Like no matter how and look, everybody who's complaining about this, a lot of people will will use it. But this just is seems really tone deaf given yep. all the controversy mm-hmm. and congressional hearings and and <laughs> you know international conversations that we've been having about this company. So I mean, I got I got married uh, one million years ago when dinosaurs ruled the earth back in 2008, <laughs> and you know, like it was before Tinder, and it was just a very different dating world. Um, but you know, people did meet a lot on Facebook. Like I yeah. met a lot of boyfriends over Facebook. And I met people on MySpace. If did I, you, I, I did yeah. you meet them through? Groups or through friends of friends or what? Friends of friends, some, like the one okay. anyway. Or in yeah. my case, sometimes get yeah, friends of friends because when I was in college, when Facebook was college only, I would sometimes people would approach me. They'd just like browse my profile, friends of friends. MySpace was oh. it was oftentimes people like would look in the area, and then I would just get like people sending me That's stuff to my so inbox. That's so interesting because my experience with Facebook now is very much like ah, I have made the real life connection with you, friend or family or coworker, and now I will friend you on the Facebook. Yeah, I would right. never yeah. like look up a person or like a, encounter a person in the wild on Facebook and friend them. That seems so foreign to me. That's so yeah, interesting. I, it was it was different back. It was it because like, it was I different. Totally, yeah, because it, it was, was very so it had a different use then. case. I totally yeah. believe yeah. that. It's just so it had a different use case and and you also you didn't share as much personal information then oh. so it was like you had a wall like like you, like you didn't have a news feed for a long time you had a wall where people could write and poke and do things but they didn't yeah. have apps you know yeah. so it was basically it was a directory and it was the sort of thing where if you wanted to send messages or have groups you know they had that but it was you know you could kind of look up who's in my class like one of the early things they cut they got rid of this but one of the early things was there was literally kind of a listing of every class that your college had and you could put whether you were taking it or not. And then all the people in that class, you know, regardless of time it was, would all be together. And so you could find people to like get notes from or, you know, cheat on questions from or or whatever 
Like it was really, it was really, it was useful. really great before Grinder existed or what, wow. you know, whatever that is. Like Facebook was the way to figure out who was gay. And I remember using that a lot in college to like, you know, like make friends in the queer community and date people. Wow. But, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's just so, I think it's like a natural evolution. But at the same time, it's like, after Cambridge Analytica, like, do you want, like, what happened with the 2016 election to happen to your love life? No, totally. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, no? well, not only, no, totally, but also what's really interesting, so, you know, Tinder was for a long time a requirement that you had to have a Facebook account to use Tinder, and I don't know when that changed, because I actually thought that was still the case, and apparently it isn't anymore. But for a really long time, you had to have a Facebook account to use Tinder. And they would even require maybe certain things, you know, of, of like almost like validity, almost use your social graph to kind of like make sure you weren't, you know, this or that. But it was like a core requirement. And now, you know, the match groups, their stock price. So match group um, is part of IAC and they own match, okay, Cupid and, and, and Tender. It's all the same company. They um, basically like they, they're, they're, you know, stock dropped a lot because, after the Cambridge Analytica stuff, you know, Facebook started cutting off API access to various apps and Tinder has been one of them. Aye. And so people haven't been able to log in with their Tinder accounts or whatever. And then Facebook comes up and has their own dating app, which to me just says, okay, well, this is, this is what, this is the single definition of anti-competitive behavior. Like this is yep. an antitrust violation and that you've, allowed somebody to use your graph, then you cut off access and you create a direct competitor and you don't let them have you know access to that information anymore. Like so on, on that base that that's that's interesting. But it also kind of I think that as much as we might be hammering about the Cambridge Analytica stuff and we should, it should be pointed out that most of the major dating sites have in some way or another integrated with the Facebook graph. So if you've been using those other services, there is a strong likelihood you probably attached to your Facebook anyway. Yep. 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 Well, I think it's going to, and bottom line, it's going to succeed, uh, but it's kind of creepy. Like everything Facebook does. <laughs> I everything. know. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, and I say this absolutely as a person, like I still use Messenger every day, dark mode refresh. Yay. I use Facebook events all the time. Like I've not changed my behavior to punish them in any way. Uh, last up, I just mentioned the, the dark mode. So that, that was my pivot to messenger, but now we're going to pivot away from it. <laughs> um, Instagram stories are getting third party AR filters, catching up with Snapchat there. It, it's kind of like they're doing a lot of smart stuff that the people who have been like, who either they they took the format from or whose API uh, who who were using Facebook's API like have already done and they're going to uh-huh. do them and they're going to win video calling and group conferencing in Instagram's in Instagram as well. Um, so they're <coughs> sorry about my cough. They are adding updates to Instagram, making that more complex while also scaling back Messenger to make it more of a pure messaging app. Yeah. Um, the one thing I don't like about it is that they still are talking about splitting the app in two and like making like, I, I don't want that. Like Instagram I, into, I was, or yeah. Instagram. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not, I'm not totally like Brie, what do you feel about the Instagram stuff? Cause I'm not totally like, I, I don't use the Instagram machine enough to have important opinions. Fair so enough. I'm just going to set this one out. I've only recently been messaging more on Instagram and I I do find I've found the stories overwhelming since day 1 and I I still do but I now I I'm coping with I I I now watch them compulsively so I guess I can't talk. Yeah, um, no saying I like stories. What I'm saying is maybe we're talking about different things is that there've been like discussions that they're going to be break separating off out the, the messenger DMs <laughs> into a separate exactly. app. Yeah. And the thing is I didn't understand the hate when Facebook did it because everybody freaked out. And I was like, look, actually, this makes sense because I felt like there were enough different use cases between there was so much stuff in the Facebook app that it made sense to have Facebook Messenger. But for whatever reason, maybe I'm just an old fogey for Instagram. So much of it is tied to the photos that I'm yeah. sending or things for my stories yeah. that I don't like having to have yet another messaging client. Yeah, I feel that too. And you're right that 100% of the DMs I send on Instagram are because I commented on someone's story and then we're talking about what happened in the story. 
Um, and then we stop talking because it's Instagram and you don't have conversations there. <laughs> it It is hard for me to separate that from my, my initial hesitance about the Messenger app because I was very much on the side of like, I don't want it. Why do I need a separate app? It's right there on the Facebook app. And now I love it. Um, so I don't know. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to kind of disbelieve that I won't someday fall into that, you know, mental state of, I don't remember what the old Google Google logo looked like. I don't remember <laughs> no, totally. when Messenger was integrated into Facebook. We'll, we'll see. It, it, it does. Ugh, it's a whole thing. Isn't so it? before we move on, yes. I want to touch on Facebook delete super quickly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christina, what's your take on this? About time. Yeah. This, is the, this is the least they could do. I think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good option. Um, but I, I think it's like- crap. I think it's like a lawyer solution. I mean, it's like it's like if someone robs your house and they promise they're going to give you your stuff back, but you can't check it or have yeah. any rules to ensure that like, like Facebook is going to delete stuff that Facebook can survive if they don't have. Sure. And, you know, like there's no legal oversight to make sure that they're really deleting it. And I, I want to tell you guys a story. So I tried at one point when my career was taking off to go through and just delete all the stuff I did back on college on Facebook. Uh, because like I had all of it, like everything back from like, God, God, what year was it? 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, everything. And I couldn't go into the Facebook backend and delete it. So I ended up having to like write a PHP script that would like find the area on the page and then robotically go through and refresh the page and like manually delete all the content because it was all these systems like strung together over year after year after year. After that experience, I have no faith that like just because you click a button in Facebook that says delete all my information. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to do some of it, but I I just have no faith in it. Oh, no, I 1000% agree with you on that. Um, I guess what I'm saying is the one part about it I liked is the fact that you could tell apps for bulk access yeah. and have them delete those things. And I do believe that they, because they don't have any loyalty to the app developers. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, I, I do appreciate that at least being able to kind of cut off the access in that way. But no, I'm with you. I mean, this is a problem. I mean, and, and frankly, all the big companies kind of face that face this, but I think Facebook is the one getting the most scrutiny because they have the one that's been caught <laughs> messing up is that we don't have any sort of oversight in this and you have to take them at their word for it. Um, and obviously it is in their best interest to make it as difficult as possible to do these things. And you're right. It does sound like a lawyered solution. And I'm sure that part of it does also have to do with the, the GDPR guidelines that will be taking place in Europe um, in a couple of weeks. And, you know, they're trying to, to you know, uh, look good for the press and, and nobody's really believing it. The public still doesn't trust them. But all that said, I, I do, I don't know. I feel like it's better than nothing. I, mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I guess I'm so cynical that I just, I see anything. I'm like, okay, well that's better than nothing. And I didn't expect you to actually do good things. So at least I can tell apps that I haven't used in years, have an easy way to be like, get out this. of here, get yeah. out of my head. Yeah. yeah. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace, which lets you make your next move and create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or a blog. Doesn't matter. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't got to worry about any of that. Squarespace has it covered. They also have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help along the way. And Squarespace does let you easily and quickly grab a unique domain name. So say if you wanted like Simone's uh, Mucus Palace, which is (laughs) where I I live now, actually. So I'm I'm opening Simone's Mucus Palace, which is where I will go um, and I will, instead of going to my office, I'll go to Simone's Mucus Palace dot squarespace.com except it'll be unique to me is it just smosmucuspalace.com um and i will you know be able to cough there freely without bothering my co-workers which will be really great for me and i want to let other people sick people know that they can also work in simone's mucus palace i'm really feeling good about the branding on that one 
Um, and Squarespace, you know, lets me do that. They're really understanding in that way. So they also have a bunch of award-winning templates that are beautifully designed so you can show off your great ideas. Uh, and I have a lot of those. So Squarespace <laughs> plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up after your two-week trial, after you've built your entire website, then you use offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and to show your support for ROCKET. So once again, that is squarespace.com slash ROCKET and then the offer code ROCKET to get 10% off your first purchase after that fun free trial that you get. So thank you so much, Squarespace, for your support of us and of Relay FM. And of Simone's health. And of my health, yeah. <laughs> yes. Really looking out for me. Okay, is it, I think it's finally time for Brianna <gasps> and Christina to give oh! me their Nintendo Labo reviews. I love it! I yay! Love it. I love this! When you and Brian were doing the Labo video together... I was like, okay, that's just Simone because she's talented because she can emote joy on camera like that. <laughs> and Wrong. no, no. It's like, if you were, I'm not going to tell you that Labo can medically cure depression. <laughs> I had a bad day and then I'm putting together the car and I'm just having a freaking blast. It is, it is amazing. My husband and I found enough time to put together the Labo piano. And yes, it is just yes, joy. Yes, yes, yes. It is just joy. I mean, so like our experience with this, Frank and I, we built the remote control car. And so the, the process is you build it and then you play with it and then you discover it. And like, once you discover it, you can program all these things. And like, we're setting up like sumo wrestling tournaments in our house where we have the two cars competing against each other. We're trying to force one out of the ring. It's, it's just joy. I love this thing. Christina, what did you make? Um, so yeah, so I, I made the car and I made the piano. <gasps> Everyone loves the piano. Did you guys didn't make the fishing rod? No, because it, it it scares me. Like that one, just no. It is baller. I just have not had the time. I've been a little busy. Like what? I, what I definitely want. I want to uh, get at there, Bree, and your thing. Like it, when I'm watching the video back of me playing with a silly little RC car, like it doesn't look impressive, but I remember right. the like utter delight that yes. I felt when it moved yes. and we were able to do and the discovery process of getting like figuring out what it did. Like it genuinely did like tap into somehow that part of like kids alone playing with stuff. Yes. And the, the actual, like the creations, like, I don't know if you guys saw the video that the verge made um, about the guitar that they made. They managed to sort of put together Dami Lee, who works at the verge made a Labo guitar that actually yeah. functions because Labo lets you um, lets you create and like program the Joy Cons and stuff. And uh, Brian, my um, my coworker, who I actually did the Labo video with or the RC car video with, he went home and he made the piano that night. And he made the Nintendo the Wii Shop music with the piano. And, like, using the vibration on the Joy-Cons, like, he managed to record the sound of the Joy-Cons vibrating and mix that into the track to make, like, a, a like a xylophone sound. Like, there's just so much cool stuff that you can do. His point was that, like, as a, as a musician, like, he, he has musical knowledge, um, so he's able to do all this stuff, but the, the Labo kind of presents all those tools just those rudimentary tools with the option to explore and learn and that's that's so cool yeah i would say that it's kind of like a like real life minecraft in a lot of ways Mm. what's interesting and and this is like this is why i was excited about it from the beginning like the same things you described and that you saw someone like when you were doing it when you watched your video you could see when you discovered that the camera was working and and that it you know in the how the sensors were working. You were like, Oh my God, you know, it's, 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 it's like, you know, uh, walking on, you know, it's, it's avoiding things on its own, you know, um, seeing that was amazing, but like you could, 
like, I think the reason Bree and I were so excited about it from the beginning was we kind of were hoping that that old mm-hmm. school play mentality yeah. would be a reality. Yeah. And it certainly is. And it's great because we've seen this a couple of times over the years. The last time I was really excited about something like this was when Nintendo released the uh, Disney, Infi- not Nintendo, when Disney released the Disney Infinity stuff. And I thought that the platformer side of those games was terrible, but I thought that the they had this toy box mode which, you know, using the Infinity, you know, action figures and, and using these building blocks, you could do these really involved things. And again, it was kind of like Minecraft, but you also had physical toys you could collect. And mm-hmm. you could do really cool things with it. And then, you know, Disney killed off Infinity, which sucked. Um, but this being physical and then it having that ability to kind of, you know, program your own kind of actions, like you said, you know, you're uh, you know, somebody from The Verge building um, a, a guitar and, and, and Brian, you know, uh, creating cool things, you know, with the piano I think that there's going to be a huge movement of, of Labo hacks, which I really hope that the Nintendo will maybe officially support in some way and, and mm-hmm. like we'll do even more things with it because I, I feel like that. this has real potential. And I would hope Nintendo would embrace this because the more people do that sort of stuff, the more people will become that much more um, like loyal to the Switch as a platform. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And maybe oh, yeah. Nintendo will see that it's not all scary when people mod thing that's what i'm saying that's the part of me that i'm like kind of like hesitant i'm like oh they're not gonna let people make their own labo stuff but the the way they built this people are still doing things anyway and that's what's so interesting mm-hmm. um, but I, I think they will let that that's why they have the programming you know language or no i no, i agree i'm just yeah. i'm just saying you know I, I i can see them trying to keep things maybe you know limiting yeah whatnot but i hope they would be more open about things but yeah but what excites me i wish i were a kid today playing with this because i would have so oh. much fun like i and, and if i were a parent this would be something that i would be getting for my child no brainer because you're talking about a toy kind of like you know lego and and um what are the what are the robot legos called oh, oh uh bionicles yeah the technics yeah or whatever Te- they are oh oh mm. It's kind of like those, you know, those no, are, that's or, exactly it. Like that was our ability to program back in the days. It, like it was. And the, that was yeah. like real programming. Like that was like, you yep. look back and you're like, that was some hardcore stuff. But <laughs> this, this in some ways is even more fun because of that cardboard kind of element. You know what I mean? Like it has that yeah. whimsy, like you do have to use your imagination a little bit, which I love about it, you know, is, is, uh, that it's, I, I don't know. I'm personally just a huge fan of immersion mm-hmm. of, the, of the physical, with the digital, especially when it comes to animation and play. And yep. I love it. As, as I said, um, last year, like the best thing I got, like the best thing I bought in, in 2017 was the switch, maybe AirPods. Well, but I technically got the AirPods in 2016. So it's kind of a trade off, but I feel like the <laughs> switch was you know, like one of the best things. And it yep. to this day is one of those things where, like anybody, even if you don't game a lot, I'm like, get one. Yeah. Get a switch. Yep. So good. And then this is the sort of thing, like if you have a kid Get them the labo. Oh, I mean, just buy it. So just buy yeah, just it. Buy like it. for you and I, Christina, I don't like what got you interested in computer science? Because for me, it was my parents getting me like having a computer. It was an 8086 that my mom bought for accounting. It was like playing around on there and yes. figuring out that's why I have the career today. What I would tell any parent is um, I feel like there are a lot of tools out there to get you interested in computer science. This is a tool that I'm sure a lot of kids playing with this are going to go on and become like engineers, like physical I, I engineers. I agree. Like and engineers, yeah. Mechanical engineers. No, I agree with you. And yep. we haven't other, you know, Legos kind of offered that, but not the same way. And I yep. think that the, 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 you know, the robotic stuff, the, the barrier to entry is so high even mm-hmm. now, you know, like those yep. things, you need to be a certain age um, to really kind of do it. Whereas this, you know, the RC car, with a parent, you know, a, a, a younger kid could do without a problem. Absolutely. And, 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 and that's why it kind of reminds me of the early Legos. I and mean, that was one of the first things that kind of got me interested in stuff was I remember, you know, putting Legos together and, and, and getting, you know, they would come in happy meal things and I would have my own, you know, buy other box sets and, and my mom was in grad school and I would be putting Legos together and the computers though, you're right. Like, I think I started with video games, but computers, it was just playing around and just seeing what you could do and building things. That was the really exciting part with me. It was when I realized I could like build a web page. you know, I was yeah. like, Oh, this is, I, I can make my own thing. And this is so cool because it's taking that to the physical realm, but it's also doing it, you know, um, with, with a way where, you know, with, I don't know, it's whimsical. 
you don't just have the toy. Like then you go to discover and there are a bunch of other parts for the toy that you have to slowly figure out how to use. Like with the, the, with the piano, once you build the piano, then like you learn to like punch holes in this little card for different, uh, you know, like drums and hi-hat and different percussion and then feed it into it and then we'll scan it and then like play that. So there's this level of, okay, build something and then you figure out all these permutations on top of it. Um, Yeah. It's mm. creating all these logic things. Yeah. And it's really, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's funny because in some ways, like you remember Mario Paint? Oh Yeah. So I loved Mario Paint, even though I can't draw for anything. Um, but, but, but I loved Mario Paint because, you know, you could create music and you could do all kinds of things with that. And it was like a slow, tedious process. But it was funny because I used to use it as a titling tool for videos. So oh, I, wow. would, I had it connected to my VCR because you could you could um, basically record stuff from your VCR. You could print, basically. I had a print command. And by printing, you could basically, you know, have if you had your VCR connected, um, do stuff. And so I would use it to create titles. And then I would also record myself playing like Super Nintendo and like make titles for my games and use like two VCRs connected together to try to do, you know, a very rudimentary editing thing because, you know, I, I didn't have a nonlinear system. So you have to, you know, go forward on one part of the tape, get to where you want to be, go to the part of the tape, you know, where you want it to be in the timeline and, and, and you know, press record and hit play on the other one and and that sort of thing but i but that's what i used to use mario paint for would be to make video titles and and kind of animation things and uh i don't know this this just kind of that was nintendo and and this i can see a whole generation kind of using it to create music or create instruments or create um you know moving uh vehicles or or, or fishing ones whatever you know and just going to the next level and and like that makes me excited that yeah. nintendo is one of the only companies that you can go back and because you could go back even to the the Rob, you know, that came with the original Nintendo mm-hmm. um, that was was had a, a you know a, a cup game that was basically a programming game, you know. But you can literally, this is a company that for almost forty years has been letting kids of you know all ages play and do really creative things alongside video games, which everyone always decries as you know rotting brains and this and that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like no, this isn't that. And, this and, and this that. And, and, and to me, like this is the most pure like example of. This is why video games matter yep. because of stuff like this. Because of what you can and create. Last, last I'll say on this. It, it, uh, okay, yeah, kids, blah, blah, blah. Great. I love kids. <laughs> um, buy it if you're an adult. Like Absolutely. This is what? 60 bucks and it's totally. more fun than you'll have in a night at the movies. I promise you. Do buy this instead of going out to dinner and you're going to have a freaking blast. So... No, I agree. I mean, and I would say this too, like, you know, like one, two switch, which was kind of like a novelty game, but it was for a lot of people, like probably their first switch game. You know, if you got one last year anyway, like that was fine, but it wasn't like that great. Like this is, I mean, basically, yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know, I'd say like now it's like, it's cost like that. And it's, it's gives you so much more. Like you said, it's, it's awesome. Just if you're an adult and if you have an extra 60 bucks, like you said, more fun than a night out and it's just fun. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by our friends at Hover. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, exactly. It's, it's fortuitous today with Hover. Huh. So with Hover, you find the domain that shows the world who you are and what you're passionate about. And I know, Bree, you literally <laughs> had a, an experience, a Hover experience today straight up talk um i needed to get i wanted to be able to say rocket live show to get people to our site and i went there and i typed in rocketliveshow.com and i spent 12.99 and i was freaking done and i pushed one button and then domain forwarding was set up like seconds later could not have been easier i don't get emails like trying to upcharge me on stuff i freaking love hover they're great that's beautiful. <laughs> you, you said it all in like 10 seconds. That's so, true. They're great. Yeah, yeah. No. And we usually do like a, a silly segment where we like search URLs, except that Brianna already did that today and she found a serious URL and she found it <laughs> she easily, um, which Love is it. so cool. So if you have an idea that you want to put out in the world um, or like you have an online identity that you've created and you haven't bought the domain for it yet. Oh, my gosh. Get on that. Uh, yeah, seriously. Because people like Martin Screlly buy people's domain, buy individuals' names as their domain names mm-hmm. so that when when, when, uh, when when they're mad at them, 
Like mm-hmm. that happens. So like yep. if you have a, a, a you know, a, a nickname or a real name or professional name or whatever, buy your name. Buy that your, literally buy happened in, in the Vanity Fair it. cover story about the fake heiress. She would buy people's names, uh-huh. domains, and then like sell, offer to sell them back for a like million dollars. Don't let it happen to you. Buy your domain. Um, maybe an idea for a website or a business, something that is you're passionate about, go to Hover, look it up, find a bunch of fun um fun domain names for it. Brianna was not kidding about how easy it is to use. It very much is. And it's very fun. Um, so check out hover.com. Um, they also, they have a best in class customer support team and they have free who is privacy so that the bad guys don't get your information. Those are two things that we care deeply about here on rocket the show where we talk about data leaks what feels like every other week yeah Yeah. protect yourself we're gonna have to add a second show in the middle of the week to start covering that (laughs) rocket leaks oh my god (laughs) it could be data leaks and then also like all the cool leaks that we've heard about um it'll be a good time it'll be better i mean it's always a good time. Anyway, the most important thing is Hover.com, where you're going right now. You're going to Hover.com slash Rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. And that is H-O-V-E-R dot com slash Rocket. Um, you can buy leaksandleaks.com, maybe get for your uh, information leaks as well as your, I guess information leaks is a data leak in a sense. But like somebody could like whisper you some exciting information and that'd be one kind of leak. Whereas, like, if somebody's un- careless with your data, that's a different kind of leak. And one is super fun, and one is not fun at all. Anyway, <laughs> leaksandleaks.com. No, hover.com slash rocket. We use and love the service. Get 10% off your first purchase. All right. So what we're going to do now, as we've done before, when large events such as Star Wars and Infinity Wars happen, um, we're going to go through our show ending and then we're going to stick around. And if you've seen Infinity War, you are going to stick around because we're going to just spoil the crap out of that film for you. But first, I'm going to say, Christina, what are you up to this week? I am heads down preparing for Microsoft Build which takes place, it start, kicks off on uh, on um, Monday, May 7th. Um, we actually are doing a ton of live stuff um, on the Build website. And uh, so if you're not able to be there in person, um, you can check things out um, at uh, microsoft.com slash build. We're going to have a ton of live content, which is really exciting. I'm going to be hosting a ton of stuff uh, during the day. Uh, so in between sessions, because we'll be live streaming certain sessions and then in between those sessions, when people are, you know, having breaks and whatnot, we're going to be doing interviews and, um, you know, um, tours of the expo and all kinds of fun stuff. So tune into that um, if if you want to see me and uh, other people I work with uh, being nerds and talking about nerdy things. And uh, yeah, so it's it's all about the build, baby. Like, yeah, Brianna, what about you? Just copy and paste what Christina just said <laughs> and paste it into my part. No, uh, build next week. Uh, you know, I'm going to be out there. Uh, we're holding You're gonna a have huge parties? event on. We're going to have a big party on the 8th. I'm really looking forward to that. If you want tickets, you can go to uh, rocketliveshow.com and we will have tickets both for this and for um, and for our WWDC show. But uh, yeah, just going out to build to network. I'm really excited to see what Microsoft is doing. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm on hover.com and I'm looking at a URL for safesimone.com as $12.99. And they also Worth have, it. more importantly, yep. treasuresimone.com <laughs> for twelve ninety nine as well. So I'm just going to be buying every single URL that, that has my name in it. Um, and then I'm going to be getting healthcare. And then I'm going to be going to California to see you two perform, which when I said that to my boss, she didn't sound super excited for me. Um, so, you know... I don't know why no one's excited for me to go see a U2 concert, but y'all should be because this is the <laughs> second one that I've seen since I started recording Rocket. He is actually going to understand U2 to talk about it with you. It's going to. I be will amazing. talk about U2 with you. That's a well, reference well, to another I podcast. Don't, I don't. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway. Okay. No, it's going to be good. Brianna, where can we find you online? Space Cat Gal. Yeah, Christine. What about you? 
film underscore girl on the Twitters, the Instagrams, probably the Snapchats next week for the first time in forever oh, wow. because I got the spectacles. Well, because I got the spectacles, uh, the new okay, ones. Okay, but you and, said you'd uh, be reposting to Instagram. So I what's will, the I point? Will. Because you've got to first upload them to the stupid Snapchat. Why am I going to follow you in two phone. places when I can get your stuff on Instagram, Christina? I mean, you're right. Look, Instagram is going to be better. I'm just saying that if you wanted to or whatever, I'm just probably going to be there. I don't know. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter.com slash Doom Quasar. And, of course, at YouTube.com slash Polygon where all my fun stuff happens. But not this weekend because my fun stuff is going to be happening on Instagram because I'll be at a YouTube concert. Yay! All right. Uh, no, actually, before you listen to us talk about Infinity War, you got to listen to me say that you should go to Apple Podcasts and rate this show because it's freaking awesome. Um, and that helps other people find it and enjoy it as well. And, of course, tell a friend about it because that is also a cool person thing to do. Now, are you ready for Infinity War? Let's do it. All right. I, full should spoilers. We, uh, yes, full spoilers. Can I finally make a joke about how everybody's dead? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Sorry. There it was go. out I'm the dead. joke. I'm, yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> so if you that didn't catch it the first joke? time, this is full spoilers. Oh. Yeah. Everybody died. Everybody, Everybody died. died. So I, uh, if you've seen Infinity War, you're listening to this right now. Uh, obviously, it is a prequel to, or not, it's not a prequel. It's a two-parter. It's the first part of a two-parter, yeah. which will be Avengers 4 in 2019. Um and it kind of makes it I, I was so I was nervous going into this because there even though I haven't kept up with the MCU religiously after um, Winter Soldier. It's hard to keep up with the MCU religiously. There's so many. And really Black Panther's like the only one that matters now. So And that's the one I watched. Yeah. But I was still like, even though, even not having kept up with it totally, I still don't want to like watch characters that I like that I've known for 10 years die on screen. Exactly. And they kind uh. of, and they found a way around that in that they killed yeah. a lot of people that I care about. Uh, but I am, I can guarantee, I think that some of them will die permanently in the next yeah. one. I obviously not all of them will. So they kind of like got their emotional gut punch in, but they also pulled it at the same time. And I don't know how I feel about that yet. Yeah. Same. I mean, cause to me, I think the problem with this sort of move is that we know that it's clearly kind of a two parter and you can kind of be like, okay, well how seriously can we really take this? Yeah. Because, okay. Yeah. You killed all, you know, some of these characters we really love, but we know you're not really going to keep them dead. Like black Panther's not dead. No. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some, some of them are just silly. You're like, okay, it's the, biggest movie of all time and we just know like but but like loki is probably dead so i don't know i mean so so Mm. i mean i had not watched any or read any coverage about this movie whatsoever uh because i didn't want it to be spoiled and i didn't know they were coming out with the infinity war part two so, but I had read the comics. Like I read all of them, even the bad ones. Like I read all of Infinity Crusade, which was terrible. Um, and going into it, I'm like, okay, Adam Warlock, what's going to go on? And it's it's not a movie that follows the comics at all. But when it got to the end and everyone was dying, I was like, okay, but they're going to find every a way to bring everyone back. And then it's you know Thanos sitting overlooking the shore. And then the credits roll, and I mm. felt like someone had killed my puppy. Oh, <laughs> like, no, like, totally. it, was, it was it was brutal, and I just felt horrible after seeing this movie. And like I, I'm of course googling immediately, and then you find out like Captain Marvel, like they give you a little ray of hope at the end. Yeah. But this is not. It's a good movie, but it's a movie I would not. Like, it's the opposite of Nintendo Labo. (laughs) You know, I I appreciate you saying that because I I am coming at it with the perspective of, because I work in entertainment journalism, like, I'm surrounded with, like, the discourse about the Avengers and, like, oh, whose contract is up and blah, blah, blah. So, but going into it with that perspective, and especially I think the perspective of, like, this is a huge, what will be a huge family blockbuster, that is scary even knowing that there's a sequel. Yeah. Spe- no, totally. Yeah. 
no, I would agree with that. And like you, Simone, like I kind of sit somewhere in the middle. Like I used to be way more, um, uh, you know, involved and, and attached to the the news cycle of the, of the entertainment industry than I am now, but I'm still plugged in. And I'm also, I've just seen so many movies. I'm just so cynical about certain things. I'm like, even though I didn't know for sure that, that they, that it was going to be a two-parter, but I figured of course they would do another Avengers film. Um, but, but yeah, but I was kind of wondering, I was like, but still I, I could understand, you know, kind of the, the upset thing, but I agree with you. I feel like it's, I, I had like an emotional reaction, but I was also just kind of like, okay, but how do they get out of this? Mm-hmm. I think it'll be really interesting to see. And what I'm really interested to figure out is like, what characters do they actually just straight up kill? I so, just, so, just want to see that. I'm going to need to watch it again, but it, it, my feeling watching this was that they killed pretty much every woman in the Marvel universe. Like, I mean, go through it. Like all the women guardians of the galaxy are dead. Uh, black widow. She's dead. Um, like there aren't many women left. Am I, am I wrong about that? Am I going to have to like go body count this to like, well, uh, verify well, well, that? well what's her face? Uh, Brie Larson is going to yeah. be coming in with, uh, um, uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you're totally right that like all the ones that we've been introduced to, did Okoye end up dissolving as well? I was so shocked emotionally. I, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, there it's, was like, one... it's like one of those quantity problems, I think, where yeah. it's like they dissolved all the women. Yeah. And yeah. there were only four of them. <laughs> To yeah. begin with, and they right. dissolved fifty fair, white men. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying, and like I, I and yeah, not knowing which of them is going to make it back is kind of annoying because because then it's like, well, then whose whose death is hitting me? Like, I, I oh, actually, no, you know, I'm going to walk that back because I do think that no matter what happens in Avengers four, like the characters that have quote unquote died, we will get a chance to like kind of mourn the ones who have actually died while exactly. celebrating the ones who will come back. Um, what I am like Gamora though, returning yeah. to that. Cause she had a different, she did not dissolve. She was thrown no, off a cliff. No, I, no, I think she like Loki, like I think they're like straight up dead. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like, and Gamora, like that's really interesting because what does that mean for the next guardians of the galaxy? And it's interesting. Cause in the sense that, I was just talking about this uh, over drinks tonight in the sense that this is a film. It feels very finite, but then all I could think about while I was watching it was also like, this is so connected to that weird cosmic side of comics where I Mm -hmm. can totally see the next guardians film be about them somehow bringing uh, finding a weird way to bring Kimura back to life. No, and because it's I mean, connected that, to comics, it wouldn't feel of, cheap. That was kind of part of, X, what was it, X-Men 3, when when Jean Grey, like, that was basically yep. the whole thing, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, you're right. This could be part of the cosmic, that could be part of their whole quest. You're right, it could be. We just don't know. I mean, and that's, I don't know. I mean, I think that what's interesting about them making this decision is that a lot of people, I think, go to see like the big Avengers films, but they don't see all the other MCU films. They might see a couple, but it's not like they watch all of them. And this is now going to set into motion the storylines for those other films. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see, I guess, like what they do with the next Avengers film, um, you know, with other MCU things that happen in the interim, like how is that going to work? Because you obviously can't retell however well, many stories I th- told. I think the that two that are time. happening, Ant-Man and Captain Marvel are both, both take place before infinity war. Weirdly enough. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that makes they're kind of dodging it. So, so this was another thing that was really hard for me to like, I, it's a hard movie to rank because in some ways this was the ultimate Marvel movie in the sense it's, it's adding up all these plot points that we've, cause I've seen every single movie up until then. Like I've seen every Marvel movie and it's like giving you, it. it's a huge payoff for having seen like 19 or 500 movies before it. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not a good movie in the sense that you have a lot of people that have a story, but it's only a little bit of a character journey for every, every character. Right. Well, like they Gamora, have so many characters. Right. So like Gamora dying isn't really, it's not a tale that gets told in a way that you can feel that death as much as she did the death of Wolverine. So it's, do you see what I mean? Like it's yeah, a, absolutely. it's a great 
movie with an epic scale and a huge payoff, but it's also a very shallow movie because towards the end of the film, it's like five different storylines are going on. You're getting five different fight scenes from yep. It's just, it's jumbled. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, yeah. I 1000% agree. And I think that that is a product so much of just the sheer success of the MCU. Yeah. It created all of these films and all of these franchises. And then you have, you know, your super franchise and everybody wants to get a cameo. And if you are going to make moves like this, this is where, I mean, it's always difficult. I think whenever you have these huge franchises and you try to have like kind of the unifying film, but it's especially difficult if you try to make that unifying film have like a really strong kind of like storyline progressing plot, because like you said, you only spend a few minutes with everybody. Yeah. And so you can't give it the gravitas that it might deserve or that they might, you know, be able to get in their own film. Um, By that same token, though, I mean, you could say that some of those individual films and franchises themselves are so sprawling and huge that I wouldn't necessarily know if if they would get their due in their own film either, you know? These movies are doing something that a film franchise hasn't accomplished before, and they're just never going to be, like, quite as good as they could be. And that's no, you're like right. weirdly frustrating because there's so many parts of them that are so good. And then so many parts where it's like, you, you, you made a million dollar like decision and it didn't work for me, dude. Like, uh, no, you're right. But on the flip side, it could be, you know, the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, that's I'm, I'm cold, sorry. Christina. I'm, I'm, that's just mean. Show me the lie. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I love the DC characters more, which is why that pains me. Yeah. But the but the 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 franchise is just a disaster. And uh, you know, like bring back Christopher Nolan because yeah. honestly, oh. he's the only one because who could do things. And I have to say, the only person I could have seen maybe making these sorts of decisions and who did make these sort of franchise decisions where they didn't then retcon it was Christopher Nolan, mm-hmm. you know, like Harvey Dent and Joker died in Batman, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, Dark Knight Rise, yeah. uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, returns or whatever. And, it, yeah. you know, in Rises, it wasn't, they weren't, I mean, you were dealing with the effects of that, but it was years later. It wasn't yeah. like mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, Harvey Dent is back in it again, or, 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 you know, parts of the Joker are still lingering around, like they're gone. And the same thing with, with other characters and in, in earlier in that, you know, but like Nolan was willing to actually do it. Whereas, you know, like, obviously, like we said, like Black Panther's not dying. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was a very different universe for films when Batman Begins came out and Nolan did that first film and Dark Knight was such a, like, I don't think anyone expected it to be as great a film. No, that's like, I mean, that was, that was like, you know, Heath Ledger's performance and then his untimely death obviously drove a lot of that narrative. But I think even if Heath Ledger hadn't died, he still would have been nominated for an Oscar. And I think, and I think that it was like completely messed up that that film wasn't nominated for best picture because it was, in my opinion, one of the best films of that year. And um, and to me, it's like the best superhero film ever, like in terms of pure quanti- uh, you know, quality, maybe not in terms of like enjoyment or, or whatever, but like... No, I think just, it I, is. I, I, yeah. it, 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 it's a, an extremely strong narrative film. If you were to not have it being about Batman characters, if you name them different names, it would still work just as well. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a completely different era. And, and obviously the Marvel stuff is, is so secondary to that but it re- i don't know it is so interesting to me to think back about iron man and when iron man came out and there was so much uncertainty about it you know robert yep. downey jr had had some career renaissance but he hadn't really had it yet you know he he was we all knew he was he was finally off you know the drugs we thought but he was still a risk john favreau was best known as being an actor not a director um and you know marvel in this sort of way, the last time they tried to do anything was Daredevil, uh, which obviously was was a disaster. And 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 then Iron Man comes out, and not only is it a great movie and a good you know film and funny and kind of perfect for that kind of pre Dark Knight superhero kind of franchise thing, um, but it was uh, it I don't know it like helped create this 
it's just interesting to see that it really helped create this this um, juggernaut. I, I don't. Uh, there's there's got to be a better word for it, but but just this behemoth, this cultural behemoth that literally like is responsible for like a huge percentage of the box office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it wouldn't exist without Iron Man. No, yeah. it wouldn't. But, but I'm just saying. But the box office right now, I mean, like, let's be real. For better or worse, and I personally think it's probably worse, is hugely reliant on the MCU mm-hmm. yeah. and. Yeah. And, and the film industry is. And it's just, it's interesting to think about, you know, what's happened in a decade. It's just really, it's, yeah. it's 10 years. I, I, I think the last, I mean, the last I want to say on it is, um, you know, I think Infinity War is another Marvel movie that takes a really bold choice in ending it because this film could have been like another you know, like another Thor movie where it's very yeah. formulaic and you go through it and the villain does something in the end, but, um, Oh, whoops. It all works out perfectly. Thor Ragnarok did not end like that. Uh, this movie certainly did not. Logan did not. And, uh, I think structurally they are, they've put themselves in a place where they are having to take different chances with the film and with the story structure. And I think in some ways, Christine, it's, it's due to what you're talking about exhaustion with like this, superhero formula and needing to innovate. But I also think it's like trying to find a more sophisticated way way to tell a story. So there it is. Mm -hmm. All right. That is the real true end of this episode (laughs) of rocket. Uh, You've heard it all before. Please rate the show on Apple podcasts, like, and subscribe, smash that like button. Thank you so much. Have fun at build y'all. Yes. We're going to miss you. We're going to miss you, but we, we, uh, we are going to have a blast. And I'll again, go to rocketliveshow.com if you want to RSVP for Brianna's um, event in Seattle or for our live show that we're going to be doing at WWDC. Yeah. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.